get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner mentioned in his Sports Center update, Thomas Grice looks to be getting his first start as a member of the St. Louis Blues. And uh, the injury bug already hit in St. Louis. We'll have to wait to find out with Brandon Sod after practice. But he and Pavel Buchnevich not skating once again for St. Louis as they take on the Jets later on tonight at 7 o'clock. Alongside Donnie Fandango, who's in for BK and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line now and welcome in one of my favorites. He's the managing editor and senior writer over at Daily Faceoff. His name is Matt Larkin. Matt, how are you, buddy? And uh, great to talk with you in a new hockey season. You bet, Alex. It's good to talk to you, too. And uh, I'm happy for you guys out there. I'm thinking Thomas Grice may have to take some actual dust off his pads this team has barely played any games what's going on i know i don't understand this i don't understand the nhl scheduling but matt you and i are are good buddies i'm glad we got the pleasantries out of the way because now i got a bone to pick with you i saw on the daily face-off your your buddy scott maxwell he did a power rankings and he's got the blues ninth they're the only undefeated team in the nhl matt i'm just assuming they're going to be 82 and 0 by the end of the season Oh, my goodness. Well, Alex, I'm glad you didn't see the other thing that I wrote about the St. Louis Blues going into the season, and that was that they are my bust team, and I have them missing the playoffs. Can you believe it? This team's 3-0. But if you look at the reasoning behind it, this is a team that was not nearly as good defensively as its record indicated last year. It was very much bailed out by Billy Husso's goaltending. He is now removed from the equation. The Blues, of course, had that great power play last year, and David Perron, the power play wizard, also removed from the equation. So I was a little worried that with a very similar decor, and I think a bit of a deficiency there in terms of preventing chances, that this team could be a bit of a paper tiger. So far, 3-0, fantastic start. But if you look under the hood, it's Jordan Bennington that is elevating this team. He's been very good so far. And I, uh, it's sort of all to say that I, the jury is still out for me. I know this is an extremely talented team. They're very deep at forward, when healthy, of course. Um, <laughs> but I'm still worried about the defensive play overall, and I don't know if the deficiencies have been repaired from last season. So uh, let me ask. So you do not believe that the Nick Letty addition late in the year kind of shores things up on the back end for our St. Louis Blues because he has really made a, a difference in that run towards the playoffs last year and so far early, even though obviously it's only just three games. Yeah, and I think, you know, the generation I'm part of, I, I wouldn't say that I skew completely towards the analytics side versus the eye test, but I would say that Nick Letty, it's more of a qualitative impact in terms of what he does to the room, his experience, his stability as a puck mover. But if you look closer at some of the numbers last year, defensively, I don't know if he actually was a huge upgrade for the Blues. He's got that good reputation. He can eat minutes. But 
if you look at the matchups, the five on five play, he actually didn't fare that well in the playoffs. So to me, what I saw is a team that gave up the most chances of any team that was in the playoffs of all 16 last year. And they are going with status quo on defense going into this season, right? So I thought, hmm, that's a little worrisome, especially because Billy Huso really bailed out the team. He had a great year last year, especially when it came to high danger chances, right? So he was getting all stops, bailing out a team that I thought gave up far too many chances. So I'm just sort of seeing the similar roster construction and thinking, okay, well, why am I going to expect it to be different this year? And you've removed one of the, one of the goaltenders from the tandem that actually helped mask some of the defensive problems. We're talking with Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff here on BK and Ferrari on 101 ESPN. So, Matt, you mentioned Jordan Bennington, and you aren't alone. I mean, if you ask anybody on the national stage that cover or that covers hockey and looks at this team, they say, well, this team's only going to be as good as Jordan Bennington's going to be. And I think a lot of people view Jordan Bennington as the last couple of seasons, Jordan Bennington. So my question is, what would you need to see from Bennington? Like, is it just a certain amount of games played or is it just a matter of how he plays this season to change the opinion of him of looking at, man, he's an okay goaltender to, okay, this guy's the guy that won the Stanley Cup for the Blues? I think it's two things. I think one is consistency because we've seen sort of a roller coaster with Bennington where he's on and it feels like he's that workhorse number one Stanley Cup winning goaltender. And then he has a stretch where it's sort of one meltdown after another. And I think you want to see sort of a line graph of his season that looks something closer to a straight line. And the other thing is keeping his emotions in check as a goaltender. It's funny because his off-ice persona, when you're seeing him in interviews, he's pretty <laughs> But on the ice, it, it's different. I think he has a tendency to lose his cool at times, right? So I think that's a sign of a goaltender who's having some problems, having some struggles when he's letting like that get to him. So I think a less emotional Bennington, yeah. consistent Bennington, looking for. Uh, so I wanted to ask about this year's Winnipeg Jets. This seems like a team that's kind of in like a weird state of of flux. Like <laughs> maybe they need to reboot the whole thing. Maybe they do, maybe they're a piece. I, it just seems like it's kind of in this I don't know, like weird middle ground and then Blake Wheeler's no longer the captain. Can you just kind of talk about this team and what you think about these this Winnipeg Jets team that the Blues are playing tonight? Sure. I think weird middle ground is bang on and you have a team that has a lot of high-end talent on paper, whether it's Kyle Connor or Mark Shifley, Connor Hallibuck and Nett, Josh Morrissey, Nikolai Ehlers when he's healthy, Pierre-Luc Dubois. You can go down the list. And I think what the Jets decided here was, we know we had a, have a lot of high ceiling team. We want to run it back one more time and see if we change the coaching situation and maybe Rick Bonus can spark these guys. Of course, we know Rick Bonus had the unlucky start to the picture i think that's why they decided to sort of run back this group instead of going into a rebuild or a retool mode it's very much status quo it's one of the least tweaked rosters i'd say year over year going into the season and i think what the jets are betting on is hey we have a lot of talented players maybe bonus can get more out of this group than paul maurice could or dave lowry after that right so i'm sort of affecting this team but i this is kind of it. I think if the Jets don't make big progress this season, we will see big changes. And you mentioned the stripping of the captaincy of Blake Wheeler. We've heard a lot about this room sort of being divided and a lot of negativity. And I'm getting the sense that the chemistry experiment has not been going so well. And I was even with Mark Shifley in Vegas the day that the captaincy was removed from Wheeler. And he said at the time, he didn't even know the reasoning yet as to why. And I thought, hmm, that's not a great sign if one of your best players doesn't yet know why Blake Wheeler lost the captaincy. That's a sign of some communication problems with that franchise. So I would say the Jets, very much jury still out, 
still a very high ceiling because they have talented players, but the floor is low as well. Matt, speaking of big changes, one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on was because you and your team at the Daily Faceoff, they did a really cool piece over the weekend talking about the news from Gary Bettman at the Board of Governors meeting stating that there could be uh, the escrow paid off by the end of the season, which would add four to four and a half million dollars of cap space for teams next season and kind of put to rest this flat cap era that we've been living in. And nobody picked the Blues as a team that could utilize the four and a half million dollars. And understandably so, because there's a lot of other teams that you feel like they get four million. They're going to spend that in a matter of minutes. But if you were to look at the Blues and with the pending free agencies of O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Barbashev and potentially trade options, where do you feel like the Blues would fall if they were given four to four and a half million dollars extra by next season? It's funny, you know, knowing I was coming on today, I was taking a closer look at the Blues cap, and I thought, you know what, they absolutely could have been a team mentioned in that piece, and we all named which team we think is going to benefit most, because it's not like they're projecting to be absolutely swimming in cap space. And what I mean by that is the math wouldn't add up to be able to retain O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Barbershop if you're looking at exactly what the projected cap space is for the Blues next season. I believe it's in the low $70 million range, like maybe $72 million. So, I think if this is a team that if the Blues decide they want to run it back and try and keep most of this core together and resign, whether maybe it's all three or at least one or two of them, I think that increase, the best-case scenario, would benefit the Blues a lot. Uh, of course, that also would give them the ability, let's say they decide they want to move on from a Tarasenko or Narabi to chase a different free agent because there are some younger free agents that you could build around longer term in this class, projected You know, if, if they don't re-sign with the teams before then, guys like David Pasternak and Dylan Larkin. So... If the Blues gain that cap space and they decide not to resign, for example, a Tarasenko, maybe you have enough money to deploy that towards the David Pasternak instead and get basically a younger version of what Tarasenko was at the beginning of his career as a goal scorer, right? So I do think the Blues, because they're very much a win-now operation, that's a team to watch um, because obviously this past offseason, there wasn't a ton of change. It was more about re-signing a lot of your core guys. But I think you could see the Blues making more waves this summer with that extra cap space. And I know that this is a ways away, and I and I should just uh, listen. I should enjoy the now. I, I understand that. But <laughs> but in looking at Vladimir Tarasenko next year, you know, I feel like it's really unlikely that he signs a long term deal and and stays here. Is there a, a potential landing spot that you you would see for him, or do you maybe think that somehow over the course of this season, maybe Vladimir realizes how much he loves the arch and toasted rabbit? Yoli and wants to stay a little bit longer. What do you think? Obviously, the arch would be the first piece of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you guys are making me hungry. I love toasted ravioli. I haven't eaten it in 2020. I tell you what, Matt, change that power it. rankings number and I'll send you some yeah, right now. Absolutely. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, I, I think it's a fair question. I think Tarasenko, to me, the landing spot would be a, a, another win-now team. And I don't think, if you look at the concerns with the multiple shoulder surgeries, I, I can't see a team being willing to commit to him you know, on a six-year deal, something like that, because I think there's too much risk there. I think he's looking at more like a you know, three, four, five-year type of deal. Uh, of course, if he gets through another season healthy and putting up great numbers, then it's going to help his case a lot. But I could see Tarasenko going to two different situations. One would be, uh, a team that's just looking to put itself over the top and just get a good goal scorer, a good strong, you know, he's just a physically strong guy, hard to knock off the puck. He's the most muscular player I've ever seen, I think, in my time covering the league. So you could see a team like that, whether it was the Florida Panthers, someone like that looking to add someone to the top six. Um, but because he's got the Stanley Cup ring, there's also a situation in which he could chase the money and just go to a team that's willing to pay him 
the most, whether it's, you know, it could be a team like the Seattle Kraken, someone looking to add a marquee name that isn't necessarily close to winning a Stanley Cup, but is willing to outpay the competition. Every time you got a player who already has that cup ring, I think a team like that is more into consideration. Isn't that hockey poetry, Matt? Seattle has the opportunity to just select them in the expansion draft for free and pick them up and then said, no, no, we're going to overpay for the guy because he's a free agent. Uh, hockey poetry at its best, right? It's so true, but it's funny. You know, so much has changed since then, right? Because yeah. then it would have been a buy extremely low because everyone was really worried about his shoulder and whether he would ever be the same again. And then he turns in that great year last year and so far this year after a great start again. So in sports, things change so fast. Yep. Absolutely. Matt, always love talking hockey with you, buddy. Appreciate you making some time for us. Uh, I will probably be uh, texting you in about a month or so. Every time the Blues win a game, we'll text back and forth and see if they move up on that power rankings. But thanks so much, man. Continue the great work at Daily Faceoff and uh, hope to talk again soon. Thanks so much. And uh, thank you in advance for the toasted ravioli. I'll be waiting for it. I will send them your way right now. Matt Larkin of the Daily Faceoff joining us. And again, you can follow him on Twitter. He's a really fun follow, does great work for the Daily Faceoff at M. Larkin Hockey. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.